bold vision, inspirational leadership, drive, determination, creativity. Welcome to Secrets of Staffing Success, a podcast where we talk to innovators and thought leaders in the staffing industry to discover the strategies and tactics that make these top performers stand out. And here are your hosts, the co-CEOs of Haley Marketing, Victoria Kenward and David Cerns. Does your business have an operating system? Your computer has Windows, your phone has iOS or maybe Android. In the technical world, an operating system manages a computer's memory, controls processes, and organizes hardware and software to turn a bunch of circuits into a functional device. In this episode of Secrets of Staffing Success, we chat with Derek Pitak, who is the founder of Blueprint Vision Group and a professional EOS implementer focused on the staffing industry. So what is EOS? It's an operating system for businesses looking to get to the next level. And as Derek explains, it's how he's helped companies achieve dramatic growth by better managing people, process, data, and issues. Secrets of Staffing Success is brought to you by Haley Marketing. If you're like most staffing companies, you're probably struggling to recruit the talent you need to fill all your open job orders. Good news, you don't have to spend more on advertising to get more people to apply but you do have to optimize your recruitment marketing. To help you do this, we created our smart recruiting checklist with more than 190 questions to improve your website, help you get more ROI from your job advertising, create a stronger strategy for social recruiting, and strengthen your employment brand. You can download the checklist at haleymarketing.com forward slash smart recruiting, or better yet, give us a call at one 888 696-2900 and ask us to put together a complimentary recruitment marketing roadmap for your business. All right, Vicki, here we are again, episode two of Secrets of Staffing Success. I'm excited to get going on this one. Uh, what do you think of episode one? Uh, well, I love Caddy. She's always fun to talk with and I always learn so much from her when I'm around her. So I really enjoyed it. I hope she did. Yeah, and for anybody who didn't hear our debut uh, as host of the show, Katty did a phenomenal job. It was really interesting listening to her strategies to get through the downturn. Uh, the fact that she went out and launched a free career site for her candidates and for her clients just because it was true to her core values. And it was a great lesson on leadership, great lesson on values. And I, I had a ball talking with her, but I always have a ball talking with her. Yeah. And her book is launched. So if you haven't read it yet, you got to go take a look at it, The Butterfly Effect. Yeah, so it's also in our show notes if you want to get a link to download it. Well, let's transition. So today, um, we're going to talk about something and with someone who uh, is really near and dear, I think, to your heart because Vicki Derek, who we're about to talk to, is an EOS implementer and you brought EOS into Haley Marketing. And before we introduce Derek, why don't you just tell a little bit about how you discovered EOS for us? Okay. I always love when you throw these questions at me. So as a member of EO, which is Entrepreneurs Organization, I applied for and was accepted into their Entrepreneurial Master's program at MIT. And one of the speakers there was actually Vern Harnish, who does Scaling Up. And Gina Wickman was, that's the competition. And Gina Wickman was one of his students in this program. And he started EOS, uh, kind of an offshoot of Scaling Up. There's a lot of similarities between the two. And I thought that EOS was a 
better fit for our company where we were in our development. And the idea of an operating system to run a company is really something I embraced because I felt like we are missing some of the process documentation and cadence of meetings and, and the things that EOS brought, brings. And Derek can talk more about that than I can. Awesome. Well, great introduction. So we today are really happy to have Derek Pitak on the phone. Derek Pitak is with Blueprint Vision Group, and uh, he is an EOS implementer. Also, if you may know Derek, he uh, had a background in the staffing industry, amongst other things. So welcome, Derek. Thanks so much, David and Vicki. I'm so excited to be here and talk about EOS, staffing, and marketing all together. So very excited. Thank you for having me. So I think that not everybody knows that this sort of came about because you and I had met a couple of years ago and, and you actually contacted me to tell me about becoming an implementer. And then you contacted me again to say, I'm bringing this to staffing. I also want vendors to the staffing industry and I'm going to get Haley Marketing as a client. And I said, well, we're going to get you as a podcast guest. So we got you first. We'll see how the second part goes. Um, but for everybody, would you mind giving a little bit of your story? Because it's a really interesting background. Yeah, yeah. By interesting, it's a smorgasbord or a cornucopia, um, and it's not a clear-cut path to uh, any which way. But uh, as most people say, right, they fell into staffing uh, because it's not, right, as, as today, in today's world, you don't get a four-year degree in staffing. So um, military guy, uh, right out of high school, right, didn't know what I wanted to do, went in the service for the, for, and went in the Air Force, did my four years, it really is a means to an end. Um, I really wanted to get my education. My parents said one day, you know, what are you doing? Where are you going? I said, I'm going to go to Kent State. How are you paying for it? They said, um, you guys. And, and then they, uh, they were like, nope, uh, can't do it. So a week later, I signed up and went to boot camp. So, uh, but great turnaround uh, for me. Uh, got out, got my education, and then, and then off we went. I worked for the federal government for a number of years after. And then by the ripe age of 30, I was burnout, right? Bureaucracy had gotten to me at an early age. So, so what did I naturally do? I went and worked for a bank, a very large bank. <laughs> so, you know, trading one bureaucracy for a 150 year old bank is, is not much different, but love key bank. Um, they do great things. Um, and I was in corporate procurement. And so that's where I found staffing. Um, I managed the HR category and I was responsible for the bank's $120 million of spend. And they said, can you fix this program? It's kind of broken. And for a large mature shop, we're really not doing this well. So like any, any good procurement person that wants to save money and create efficiencies, I put an MSP and BMS in place, right? Which the suppliers Ouch. did not, Ouch. right? Did not love, <laughs> right? So again, I, I continue to do wonderful things in my career. So up to that point. Um, and I met a guy named Aaron Grossman. Uh, uh, he was a CEO, founder of Alliance Solutions Group and, and Talent Launch, which is a national network of, of independently operated staffing recruitment firms out of the Cleveland area. He was one of the suppliers. And as I'm putting in this MSP and BMS, we got to know each other really, really well. Um, and I had to fire him from the program. Mm -hmm. And uh, six months after I put it in place, he asked me to come work for him. And so I was like, whoa, what's going on here? You want me to come work for some small entrepreneurial organization? Never done that in my life. Uh, but you're going to promise me all this freedom and this entrepreneurial journey, right? And that was really appealing to me to make a difference. I've been in big business for such a long time. And so I took that leap of faith and ran special projects for him for a year. And then we found this thing called EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System. As he's growing and scaling his businesses, right, as he's buying companies, you know, he wanted a system that could really bring together, you know, common processes and language and things of that nature, a way to get his arms around all these different businesses that are going to continue to come into the fold over the years. 
and he needed an integrator and he didn't have an integrator and he said you're you're the guy i think you're the guy who could who could be my guy and be my right hand so will you do it and of course right it was a huge huge uh, probably five years early earlier than i thought i would ever get an opportunity like that but i took it and i ran with it uh by the age of uh, 35 um and um so I was this integrator running, you know, running, running the back office for a $130 million company. So it was really cool. It was an MBA, right, on steroids, impractical, you know, real life. And so it was great. Uh, but then I all ultimately, right person, right seat conversation, right? We're going to talk a lot about EOS. And, and, I, and I ultimately had breakfast with him on a Sunday morning. And I just said, hey, where you want to take this thing? It was a, it was a couple of years later, a couple of years into this. I said, where you want to take this thing and where I am in my career, I know that you need this, but here's what I love doing. I love EOS and I think I can sell this to the staffing industry. I think I can do it for all your companies. I think I can do a really great job. So one thing led to another. I got certified through EOS worldwide. I took over implementation for all those internal companies. And then a year later, I started my own practice selling this externally, which was just last June during COVID. So, so that's my short and sweet story. Uh, probably a little bit longer than you wanted, but that's it. No, that's great. I mean, no. it, 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 you mentioned it, like it is, it's such a journey. Um, and, and I love when you said, you know, nobody go, goes into staffing intentionally. All, all, everybody falls into it. That's mm-hmm. the most common answer we get when you're yeah. like, how'd you get in the staffing industry? Um, but I, I like to jump back to talent launch for, for a little bit. Um, so I know a little bit about the organization, but only enough to be dangerous. And it's a really cool organization. And, you know, would you mind telling the audience a little bit about, what Aaron built and what talent launch is all about. Yeah. Yeah, no, great. Um, so again, he was the founder of Alliance Solutions Group um, and they started off really in the light industrial generalist space. Right. But then as he was growing those organizations, you think 20 years ago is when all this happened, you know, he started building different LLCs and different businesses and he had, you know, an office clerical specialty group. He had a light industrial group. He had a search practice and then, right, 2020, 20, the, the Great Recession hits, they overcome, and they survive, and they continue to grow. 2012, he's like, I want to get in acquisitions. So I want to grow organically and organically, right? And so they bought a little tiny company called Major Legal Services. Uh, they integrated that into their network. It worked well. So then he went from, like, buying, like, a $1 million business to let's buy a $25 million business, right? So they bought Select Temp in Eugene, Oregon much different integration, right? Much different issues, much different complexity. Um, a year and a half later, they buy the McIntyre Group out of Connecticut. Um, again, office clerical, about a $17 million business. Um, then they bought uh, Bonnie Staffing um, out of Maine, right? And then Stivers ultimately is one of the oldest staffing companies in the country. And so, so they have this network and I think they're, they're still on the acquisition play and I think they got a few teed up this year. So they're, they're on this thing to go from 100 million you talk about 10-year targets, again, pairing us back to EOS, 100 million to a billion in 10 years is their wow. goal, right? So they have a really big goal, and Aaron's a big believer wow. in culture, right? Really big believer in culture, and he believes that his entire environment, both personally and professionally, revolves around this redwood tree concept that he's built, right? And all his values are connected to this tree in a, in a framework in which they live their lives, and of course, you know, through EOS, right? We hire, fire, reward, recognize you know, based on our core values. And then he also has these interesting concepts called the pillars. So these pillars are these supporting uh, components to this tree. They look like clouds, but they're the air and nutrition that feed the tree, if you will. So, so it's pillars plus values equals like how they live 
in their network. So it's just really cool. Aaron's super big on, on culture and how it all helps. Uh, but, but they have this mission of potential and helping everybody realize their potential. That can be your candidates, that can be your clients, that can be you personally, professionally, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that's a little bit about talent launch. I can keep going if you want, but I know we're on borrowed time here. I have one question. This, you mentioned Aaron's past, and it's, I think this is an issue for a lot of companies that get into multiple brands, and then we'll, we'll probably pivot into more EOS, but this is a marketing question. So you mentioned like, okay, we had a division that did clerical and a division that did executive search and a division that did accounting. And then now with the relaunch with talent launch, you've acquired these companies, but if I'm not mistaken, the companies that were acquired kept their own brands. So why did, you know, why didn't everybody just become talent launch one brand? Why did they choose that strategy for the different companies? Yeah, and that's a great question, um, and it's probably my my integrator traits in me that would fight that uh, same thing that you're asking. But for him, it, it boiled down to like, look, we want to buy companies that have an amazing reputation, right? We want to go into pockets in the country and look at these organizations that a are financially sound, right? Because we we care about that when we acquire companies. They have a great culture. They align closely to ours. It won't be that difficult to flip the culture. And, and lastly, right, we want to buy good, reputable brands. And so this idea of we don't want to be the ADECOs and even ADECOs and the, the Ransads, the big companies, they have, you know, they have into other LLCs, right? But if you think of a VACO, for example, love what VACO has been able to do, but they are a very much a, you're going to take our brand and that's totally okay, right? And that has to be a, a judgment call and it has to be like a, a fit call if you do a market analysis and understand you know, if we replace the brand, is that going to hurt us in this acquisition? So you should be doing some educational study to understand that. And so, but from Talent Launch's perspective is they want the owners, right? Part of you talk about target market. Again, I'll relate this to EOS. Target market is all about how do we go and sell? And they have two different target markets. And one of them is focused on the sellers, right? They want to be the succession plan for successful staffing companies that don't have one. And they promise their guarantee is we, your brand legacy will thrive, continue to thrive as we after we acquire you. So that's that's just a big, big strategic decision that they made, and I think it's paid off really, really well for them. Excellent, thank you. Sounds difficult to bring in all those different brands into one culture, and and even if they have cultures that are similar, there's going to be difference. To manage that. Yeah, um, I think I got most of what you're uh, asking, Vicky, because you cut out for a minute. But but I think you know how do you, how do you manage um, cultures, right? When you you know it is difficult. It is not easy. Um, and I'll tell you, it's not perfect. For any company out there that thinks it's going to be perfect, they're 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 reading the wrong articles. Um, but uh, you know the the how much can you educate when you talk about? Um, I haven't said something seven times for someone to hear it the first time. Again, I'm, 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 I'll bring everything back to EOS here, but that is critical on how much we educate to our, our customers, to our candidates, to our employees, right? It's that beating of the drum. There's a reason for it. And I'm a military guy. So I always relate it to, you know, we all march to the same beat. Why did they teach us how to march in boot camp, right? It's so that we're rowing in the same direction. We're all as one. Okay. So, so that, how, that is a continuous thing. And I think what falls short a lot of times is that organizations they, they cut that short. They think they've educated on core values a few times or, or, or what culture needs to look like, et cetera, et cetera, and then they fall short. It's that continuous 
education, reinforcement to drive adoption, right? So that concept ERA, not a baseball acronym here. It's, a, it's this, this, this learning acronym. And again, I stole that from Aaron, so I'll give him some credit there. But that's how, right? It is, it is, if we fall short and we don't continue to truly live our values, if we don't talk about them all the time, it won't happen. Um, and, and again, EOS teaches us that we do that at least on a quarterly basis. But in every conversation you're having, right? Whatever issue arises in your business, if you're in an L10 or you're in some type of one-on-one with a staff and some issue comes up, how can you relate it back to your core values? Because I promise you, you can probably relate that issue as to why that issue is happening, why you're having this process issue, this people issue, whatever it may be, you can probably relate it back to one of your core values. And so if you really, really try to like ascertain the why, you could point to a core value and say, okay, it's out of alignment because of this or that. So I think that, and that's not something that's really taught in EOS, but that is just something I think you can, you could really relate it back to, to that. So from a cultural perspective, it's not clean. It's not easy, but educate, 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 and then reinforce as many times as you can and make it fun, right? Come up with uh, contests, come up with awards, come up with things that really highlight culturally, you know, why, what, the what and the why and what people do and how it supports your core values. So I want to step back for a second because we've, we've sort of danced around EOS a lot. Um, but for people who have never heard of it, and, and Vicki, you said like, it's an operating system. Derek, for people who don't know anything about EOS, all right, what's the elevator pitch for EOS? Yeah, well, so, so the elevator pitch is, right, it, it is a way, I'm going to steal from Gina Wickman, um, it is a way to manage human energy, right, in a business. And so what does that really mean? Well, EOS is a beautiful framework for small to medium-sized privately held businesses, right, to essentially, right, understand their vision and create that clarity of where you're going, how you're going to get there, right? It instills discipline and accountability in your organization, allows you to execute at a high level and focus on the right things and prioritize the right things. And then it it also helps create this idea of, of, of health. Right? Not only entrepreneurs' health and leadership team health, but as goes the leadership team, goes the rest of the organization. Right? So that, that just it flows all the way down throughout all levels of your organization if you implement it right. And so, so, it, and so what does all that really mean? EOS has this toolkit. Right? EOS has a process. EOS has a model. And we want to teach and help these organizations to get really strong in these six key components that any business, no matter what industry you're in, right, starts with a vision, can't, you can't achieve a great vision without great people, right? Both culturally and do they have the, the skill set to do the job, right? Do you ha- are you measuring the right material, right? Are you looking at the right measurables, the right data, predictive data, not lagging indicators? That's easy, right? We want to get the stuff to be able to solve our problems before they happen. But then, and every business has issues, right? And so we need to be able to compartmentalize our issues. We need to, be able to prioritize and focus on the right ones, and, and come up with a, a framework in which and how a methodology, how we solve our issues called IDS. Um, and every business has process, right? Core processes and making sure they're documented in a simplified way that we can easily understand, train, coach, retrain, find out where our bottlenecks are. And then this idea of traction, right? This whole thing is about to get, is, is defined to, in a way to get traction in our business. That's what the book traction is all about. So we have this vision of how do we execute on it, right? We focus on quor- quarterly, we have a quarterly focus, a quarterly pulse, right? We have weekly pulses. We have annual pulses, right? We have these things called rocks, which are nothing more than priorities or projects, right? In a way to execute the business week in and week out and solve the major pain, solve the major issues to essentially 
achieve our goals that we're seeking, our one-year goals, our three-year picture, a 10-year target. It all cascades. When you look at this thing, it's this beautiful waterfall effect, and it all flows if we do it right. So that's what EOS is in, in a nutshell. There's so much more to it, but that's the elevator pitch. If that I was great. That was really good. I, I awesome. see this tie between your military background and the process in, uh, around this operating system. Can, how, can you tie those two together? Uh, well, for me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pretty regimented person. Um, just ask my wife. She hates it. Um, you know, she, uh, she's, we're so polar opposite, but I guess opposites attract, right? Um, but yeah, I, I would say like, I'm a very regimented person from pretty much, uh, you know, the minute I get up in the morning and what I do and how I do it. Um, and it's no different than EOS. EOS is a process, right? And are we both, can we follow the process or not? Right. And sure, not everything is so black and white, but it provides you a very, very methodical approach on how to attack the business. And so what I love about it is that it's much more than strategic planning. It's very a simplified approach to strategic planning. But a lot of people you talk to when they talk about EOS will say, oh, it's business planning or it's strategic planning. No, it's more than that. It's so much more. It's a way to run your whole dang business. Just let it. And it's already been built. So just let it be. Don't try to outsmart it. Don't try to overcomplicate it. There is a tool for every issue in your business, you can pull out one of the tools in the toolbox and solve your issue hundred percent. But most times, most teams think they're smarter than that and they don't need, they were going to come up with something and overcomplicate the hell out of it. So <laughs> I'll promise you that EOS was built very, very smartly. I mean, Gino did a great job in, um, you know, noticing that he didn't have all the answers and he was this wild visionary himself. So he's getting ideas and listening to people all over the place and reading every book that comes out. And what he did was he R&D'd it, right? He ripped off and duplicated EOS. He said, here's the best and brightest from this and this and this book, right? He talked about, you talk about Jim Collins, Vern Harnish, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of other people that Patrick Lencioni, that he took these ideas from, he took the best and brightest. And of course, EOS has some of their own proprietary stuff as well, but he took the best and brightest and he said, here, go and do this. This works. I promise you it works. It's been tested over and over and over. Um, but I'm, I'm getting a little off tangent here and trying to, to connect the dots for you. But the point is, is it's regimented, much like the military is regi very regimented and they do things in a certain manner because they know it works very similar to EOS. It's like, follow this process because we know it works. It's, it's cut out. It's made for you. Uh, sure. You can have your own little tweaks that you need to along the way, but overall, right. We know this process works because it's been time tested over and over and over again. And here's the result you'll see if you follow it, much like the military, right? They're very, they plan methodically before they execute. And that's very similar to EOS, right? We care about prioritizing and planning before we execute. So, so uh, bring that, go ahead. Oh, sorry, sorry, Dave. I'm going to take over. Sorry. So oh, take that into staffing, which is such a people kind of uh, not so regimented business. Yeah. The product um, actually breathes and moves and doesn't show up for work and, very different. Um, yes, your product is a person. And I, I still never sat right with me when calling a product a person. One uh, um, is one of the same, but it is, you know, that's just what it is. It's a service business. So you're in the people business and that person thinks and they breathe and they move and they, they change directions. So how do you manage it? But I'll tell you from an EOS standpoint, you could still prioritize what are our biggest priorities for the, for the organization for this, for this quarter? What are our major goals we want to accomplish this year? If we want to grow 20% when the industry is calling for four, 
how do we do that? Right. And what are the big things that we need to, to get off our plate and be able to do? So from, from that perspective alone, so many companies do not plan well. So many, they just say, Hey, here's the 20 things we want to do this year. And you look at it at the end of the year and they did one or two things. And you said, what happened to the other 18? I don't know. We didn't have time. Life got in the way because they don't plan properly and they don't take a quarterly execution to things. Uh, and so from, from that lens, if we follow the process, it gives us that framework, right? To, to allow us to breathe, to allow us to think, right? So many companies don't think on the business. They only, they're so like, well, I'm just in the business all day. I have a couple of clients that tell me that all the time. Well, we're, we're delayed because we're just, we're so much in the business. You don't understand. I'm like, no, I actually do understand. <laughs> um, but you have to take time out to work on the business, right? To really, really get to where you want, you want to go. Um, to just be status quo, that's not difficult. You're running a lifestyle business then or a self-managed business, call it whatever you want. But if you want to grow and growth is important, it takes a lot more. And so if you've been 5 million for the last, you know, four or five years, and then all of a sudden you tell me you want to be, you know, 25 million in the next three, well, how the heck are you going to do that? Because you haven't changed a damn thing and you, might, you probably won't. So I might piss a lot of people off on this podcast and I hope that's okay. But, uh, but hopefully it's, <laughs> it really gets them to start thinking about, we need a plan, whether it's EOS or some other operating system, you need a system to be able to help you operate really, really well. So I think a lot of times the attitude, especially of the smaller staffing companies is, or any smaller businesses, well, if I want to grow, I just, you know, work harder, sell more, you know, do more. more of those damn orders we have, you know, that's just, it's, why do I need an operating system for my company? So Derek, what would you tell an owner who had that kind of attitude? Man, I would, I would say, well, why haven't you done it yet? Right. I mean, that, that would be my, if, if we're, I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm starting to get more comfortable in my own skin of just being very blunt with people because either you want it or not. And if you want it, there's going to be a lot of pain. Okay. Because what you're saying, David, isn't as easy as it sounds, right? Because process the ceiling, you talk about hitting the ceiling, right? We're all going to hit the ceiling. And the minute you get, you know, 10 more, 10 more orders or a hundred more orders, now you got problems because you don't have enough recruiters to fill them. And you didn't think about that ahead of time, or you weren't willing to invest ahead of time. So then you're going to fall flat on the on your face when you can't when you can't fulfill on those orders, right? You're going to look you're going to lose those clients anyways. So if we have a plan and we're we're thinking about this and we're solving issues week in and week out, like true issues in the business, you know that that's what I would say to these guys. And I'm telling them I've got a guy I've talked to, and he wants to do it, but he's like, I don't know. This this sounds like it's going to be a lot of pain. You're right. It will be. It's not. It's not going to be clean. It's going to be. Uh, it's going to. There's going to be some effort from you. Well, I just don't know if I want to work that hard. Well, then I'll see you in five more years, and you'll probably still be the same five million dollar company. Then, maybe you've grown a little bit, but not to the levels that you think you will, because it's not so easy. Or yeah. else you would have already done it. Yeah, I remember uh, many years ago reading the Michael Gerber book, The E Myth, and you know that book is. It, it's not a. It's nothing like EOS, but that book sort of highlights why most small businesses fail because they mm-hmm. fail to develop repeatable process because the owner never gets out of being in the business to be working on the business. And, um, you know, Vicki, when you were listening to Vern Harnish and you were at the MIT program, what made you think we needed this? To be honest, um, we've been running this business, this is our 25th year, so we've been running it side by side for 25 years, and we've plateaued. We have reached as far as we can, and we can't hit our growth goals with the two of us 
at the helm, we need to develop a leadership team and hand off some other responsibilities, or we aren't going to get where we want to go. Um, we can't, we won't leave the legacy we want to leave. So I, that was really the thing for me. There's just no way to scale with the two of us. Yeah, it's a hard thing to deal with, but it's real. It's really hard to admit. It's like, okay, we've, we've hit our limits. Like you always think you can be better, but you know, I know both of us were working and still are working to an extent insane hours as we're implementing EOS learning to do it. But what I like about the process, Derek, is that you can start to see the structure come into place that people can do stuff without us. And when this you know, COVID hit and we all went remote, um, our team led by Vicky really as the implementer, we had put a lot of process into place already that it didn't hurt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right now, I, maybe I shouldn't be saying this, but we're sitting down in Florida, not in Buffalo, New York, freezing our tails <laughs> off and the business is still running. And actually the business is doing a lot of really good things because of having this process. So Derek, I'm going to bring it back to you. Where do companies struggle the most implementing EOS? A loaded question. Um, I, I will tell you, um, I think most companies struggle with getting the scorecard right. Um, it takes a lot of time to get that scorecard right, and it's not easy. It really isn't. Um, and, and to stick to it and understand, like, er, you're, every business is going to have some financial numbers. We all want to know the outcomes, right? So I get it. But getting to those, so I always use the example, right? It's staffing, right? That's what I, that's what I, who I work with. But when we talk about sales and recruiting, right, what's your ultimate goal? Let's start there. If your ultimate goal is an order from a sales perspective, okay, let's walk it back. What happens then? Presentation. What happens before a presentation, right? Is that client visit, right? What ha- or proposal? And then what happens before that, right? It, it's uh, it's phone calls. It's it's you know prospecting, et cetera, et cetera. So we walk that exercise back in whatever language and terminology, right? There's always some nuances from company to company. Same thing on the recruiting side. Our placements are our ultimate goal, right? Or a start, whatever. Right. And then walk that back, this idea of getting what you getting what you want. And then so we, we have a workflow. Now we understand the leading and lagging indicators because an order is a leading indicator to revenue or to hours. Right. Or a placement is to hours. That's fine. So you can have it be a leading and a lagging at the same time. But what are those true activity measurements that we can actually adjust and change and coach to like calls right and what's a good call look like what's good activity versus bad activity right so what's a good interview versus a bad you send a submittal is it a good submittal or bad so really starting to understand those numbers and and really being able to change that takes time it's change management Uh, man it's tough and so for for organizations that focus on the scorecard getting that right is really hard i'll tell you the other thing that's really really hard is process um it's an organization's secret sauce, right? How they make the sausage, right? How you do what you do. So if you guys have done a great job on a repeatable process, that's amazing. But most companies struggle with it. They either don't know how or their things are overly complicated. They don't know how to break it down simply. That is a really tough one to overcome. So, so the two biggest areas that I struggle with, aside from tangents and, and when you're doing issue solving and things like that, but those are the two biggest, when you break it down to the high level components of EOS, right? Those are the two that companies struggle with the most. I, I know for us, the scorecard was difficult because we could come up with lots of numbers, yeah, but they were all lagging. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. What? It still is. We're it still, still, is. still it fighting definitely still is. the right numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a lot of numbers we're tracking right now and saying, does this tell us anything? Is this important? Why are we looking at this number? So yep. I, I agree with you on that. But those are the right questions. And that's great. Pop them on your issues list. And then you really start, even if, again, right, you read the books, you know, you know, the stuff really, really well. So even if we made a wrong decision, we're going to learn from it. This idea of feeling forward, right? As long as we take action and not inaction, right? That's actually worse for us is to, to, to do nothing. Um, as long as we've done something and we can learn from that mistake, we're going to get there so much faster. One of the key concepts in EOS is the, the you mentioned it, the IDS process. And, you know, we've used a lot of buzzwords from EOS, but I think that's one that even if you're not doing all of EOS, to understand what IDS is, is really important for any business trying to solve their problem. So could you explain what IDS is all about? Yeah, so IDS, is, it's a very uncomfortable way in which you talk about things, um, <laughs> if I can make this as vague as possible. But I, I stands for identify, right? D is discuss and S is solve. And what we teach in EOS is that most times, most organizations and leadership teams, when they're solving issues, they discuss the heck out of things, right? So they spend all their time there and very little time trying to identify the root cause. So most of the times we're solving symptoms, right? When you just talk at nauseam, right? You're, 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 you're putting band-aids on things, right? You're not really asking why or how or what or when, like probing powerful questions to get people to think, right? If Johnny's a bad sales guy, if that's the issue, how many times are we asking questions that Johnny's a bad, why is Johnny a bad sales guy before we ultimately just start talking about all the things we don't like about Johnny, right? So if we just peel that onion back as many times as we can, we might ultimately find out that, oh, um, why is Johnny a bad sales guy? Well, he hasn't produced anything in the first six months that he's been here. Why hasn't he produced anything in the first six months that he's been here? Well, you know, uh, um, I don't really understand because he came from a staffing company. He was great at what he did. Well, well, then why isn't he great here? Well, we have a different process than he's used to. So, okay, well, then have we gotten him trained on that? Well, no, we really didn't because he was like this expert sales guy before he came here. Oh, well, why, didn't, why did we think that? Um, and, and oh, by the way, we find out that his manager was on leave or on PTO, military term. He was on PTO <laughs> the first two weeks that the guy started. So they forgot to put him through the training program. So we have two issues now. We understand that Johnny might not be a bad sales guy. Johnny didn't get trained, issue number one, right? And, and so, then, so then we put Johnny through the training and we, re, we, we reassess. So you have a to-do out of it, right? Or a rock, put him through the program and then reassess in three months or whatever. So so, and we have an LMA issue, right? We have a leadership management accountability issue that the person mm-hmm. forgot to do their dang job. So mm-hmm. now we have to address that with said person and say, okay, you're ne- we have a process now. This is never going to fail again, right? And then, so, so again, we have two issues now that came out of that. Then we can discuss so much quicker and we can come to a solve. So the faster we can get to our root cause, the quicker you're going to get to solve, the less you got to spend the time discussing the heck out of something. Yeah, that's great. Vicky, I think I just discovered why Derek likes EOS. It's got as many acronyms as the military. Right? Yeah, it's near, <laughs> near and dear to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. What else do I got for you guys? So for someone who's looking at their own business, looking at 2021, how do you know when it's time for EOS? How do you know when it's time to manage your business differently? Oh, COVID. COVID was a perfect example of why people need to think about it differently. I'll tell you, and I joke, but if anything, COVID um, 
was really, really good for EOS. And, and COVID uh, pointed out all an organization's weaknesses. Um, COVID showed that people who don't have a plan are going to struggle. Um, and so honestly, while it was painful for me at the beginning, it really, really catapulted towards the end of the year. And like, look, we, it was super painful. We don't want to do this again. We've got to operate with some kind of system or structure. Um, so, so EOS can be really great for that. So when it's time, right, I would say owner operator, right, continues to get stuck, right? They've got people issues they can't solve right? They, they, they can't, they're, they're not growing right year over year. There's, there's no new revenue, right? Or they might, they might gain a few, but they're losing a lot too, right? We talk about organizational um, ceilings. We talk about departmental ceilings. We talk about individual ceilings. Entrepreneurs who want more time in their lives to do other things that they want to do, right? They want to go to the beach more or whatever. They want to spend more time in Florida, whatever that might be, <laughs> and less time working 80 hours a week, in the business and it's driving them crazy. Like those are the things, those are like telltale signs of when it's ripe for an opportunity to come in and try something like this that can really help. And, and for, for folks that are just, they, they're, they're just so fed up and they need to let go. They know they want to let go. Uh, they're a little afraid to let go, but they need some type of framework to help them along that path. What kind of results have you seen from companies that do this? Uh, I've seen, I've seen a decent amount of, a lot of structure, right? So from a heavy, heavy, like go from all over the place, you know, we don't know. It's just, it's just the daily grind, right? It's, it's the next best thing. Um, the, the next client that calls or the next vendor that calls it sells us a shiny product and we want to try it to this idea of we're really running a really clean, well-oiled machine on how we look at things, how we solve our problems, how we answer, right? How we prioritize to hit our goals. Right. So that's the easiest one uh, from a financial perspective. Right. We always sell this component of like we're here to help you grow 10x. Right. If I'm not doing that and whatever that means for your business, because 10x doesn't always have to equate to revenue, but 10x your time, 10x efficiency, 10x mm -hmm. profitability. Right. It really depends on what each owner wants for their business. But that's what we're here to do. Right. If you're a, if you're a one million dollar startup and you want to grow. Right. And you say to me, you know what, this sounds like a pretty expensive endeavor. Sounds like half a resource annually. But if I can help you institute this process and this program and you're going to get to your $10 million number in half the time, is it worth it to you? You know, you got to ask yourself that question. So mm -hmm. so the results, number one, are, are again, the structure, the freedom, right, the, the relief that comes from this from a lot of, of entrepreneurial leadership teams and owners specifically. But secondarily, right, it, it also, it, it brings, I, I mentioned earlier, this idea of it surfaces all your warts, um, ugly word, but when you think about your people, right, your biggest barriers to growth are your people, okay? I preach that over and over again. So it helps you fix your people issues, right, if you truly believe in the system. So you've got, you've got this time, you've got freedom, people, structure, and then growth happens after that, right? Growth isn't going to happen right away until you fix all your issues. I think um, just talking a little bit about right people and right seats from that segue would be yeah. useful because that, that is also a challenge that we've experienced. Yeah. Uh, it's a challenge. You're not unique. So, and I don't mean that uh, negatively, but you're not, I don't unique. take it that way. Uh, yeah. Every organization has people issues. Um, 
I mean, I, I'm, I'm in charge of our branding. I think I take that negatively. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody, right? Every organization has, everyone has, no one has the perfect roster, right? And, and you're going to have some element of right people, right seat issues in your business most of the time, if I'm being honest. Um, EOS teaches to fix all those as quickly as possible, but something's going to come up along the way to where now at least we're very aware of it. We're aware of how to solve it and we move on that much faster. We don't belabor it and let it go on forever and ever and ever with a, with a bad egg. We, we execute it immediately. So um, I'm execute the action, not execute the person, of course, but, uh, <laughs> but I think from a right person, right seat perspective, right, right person is all about, do they connect culturally, right? Do they connect to our core values? Um, do they meet the bar? From a right seat perspective, we care a lot about this idea of GWC, get it, want it, have the capacity to do it. So does that person, those three things, do they get the job they're in? Do they want the job they're in? Do they have the capacity to do the job they're in? The physical, mental, time-bound, emotional capacity to do their job? Those three things equal the person's inherent skill set to do the job. So if we can figure that out, right? So when we're assessing whether to hire somebody, we're assessing their performance quarterly, whenever other issues come up, Right. I always coach teams and EOS does this. And, and a lot of times I see teams stumble with this. And when I'm in a session with, with folks and they start talking about Johnny's a bad egg. Okay. Enough Time out. Can I just draw the people analyzer on the board? And we just throw the people analyzer up there and we have our answer so fast. Yeah. I love and that. So, Cause you're matching yeah. somebody to the company values. And everybody says it's right. so important to live by your values, but that people analyzer is we're going point by point through our company values and mm-hmm. saying all the time, mostly not the time or somewhere in the middle. And if they're not, you know, at the high end of that, you realize it's like, holy cow, even if they, maybe it's a sales superstar, but they're yep. so against your culture, you got to address it. Otherwise it tears your business apart. You're right. And I equate that a lot when I'm talking to folks. Um, it is if you think about locker room cancers, so everybody can understand the sports analogies when they hear the Antonio Browns or they hear, you know, uh, whoever out there, you know, that, that's just one that just came to my mind right now. But the, the, the most amazing receiver in the NFL for a number of years was out of a job and couldn't land a job. Right. And it was because he had this, this, he was a, he was a locker room cancer. And so sometimes we have to cut bait with, with really talented people because nobody wants to come work for you. Or the minute they come in three months later, they're gone because they can't stand working for that person. That person eats them alive whatever, or they continue to d- dilute the, the good people you bring in, right? They start like spreading that cancer. And then the, the other, so again, it's just tackling your people issues is so critical. Um, and I push and push and push on folks to handle that um, as, as soon as they're willing to, because if you push too hard and it's not ready yet, each owner is different. Each organization is different. You really have to be ready to pull that bandaid. So Vicki, one of the things I remember saying that MIT program you told me about is as your company grows, it was something about the number of people and number of processes that break. Do you remember what that was? It's like for every, every 100% growth, there's 50%. And I don't know the numbers. So no, I don't. But it is, it basically is for every time you grow, at least 50% of your people and your processes break. Yep. And you have to re- start over and you have to keep going. And that's what we're seeing and we've seen in our growth. Yeah, yeah, EOS uh, definitely brings that to the front. And it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And we're finding that it, you know, it creates turnover, but it also has created some positive change as well. And, and you build stronger processes, you build stronger people. And like the, the hire we're looking to do right now, it's someone to step into my role in the marketing team in Haley Marketing. 
And that's something that I've never been willing to give up. That's my baby in this business. And Vicki said, that's not where we need you the most. You need to be in a different seat now. We're 25 years old. You're, you can't be in that seat that you were in when we were an infant. And she's right. Um, but that right people, right seat, you can have the right person. You can, we always think it's the wrong person, but it's the right person maybe not doing what they can add the greatest value to the organization. Yeah, you're right. And so somebody, you know, tie this up with a bow, I hope. Somebody told me recently, I was on a, on a prospect calls, pitching them the 90, you know, and I was, I was telling them all about the U.S., and I mentioned that the biggest barriers to growth are your people. And he goes, ah, I'll argue with you and say the biggest barriers to growth are the CEO. And I said, exactly. The yeah. biggest barriers to growth are your people, right? So it was just so funny. And I was like, uh, am I getting tricked here? But yeah, the biggest barriers <laughs> to growth are your people, you know, because the CEO, the visionary, a lot of times has to be willing to let go of the vine, right? And that is so critical. Um, and again, I'm working with another uh, smaller, smaller business. Um, Guy loves to sell. He loves to network and build relationships. So go do that. Stop spending 60% of your time in your email. Like, cause you're not doing what you right. love to do or you're best at. Stop doing it and go <laughs> hire somebody to do that for you. And so they did, right? And so seeing, again, those types of things provide the relief to people that they just don't naturally think about because they get so stuck in running the business every day. Mm-hmm. Again, that, that, that ability to pull back, like very strategic person, does some strategic uh, process planning for other organizations. But when you have a third party come in and really help him see that you got to like take a step back and take time for you and your business, then you start figuring some of this stuff out. Great point. Really great point. And it hit home, hit home for you, huh, David? On that uh, just a bit. Just, just a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, Derek, let's wrap this up. With, yeah. well, let's bring it back to staffing really quickly. So with all of the staffing companies you're working with and your background with Talent Launch, where do you see the staffing industry going? Oh, man. Um, obviously, I think it, you hear a lot about technology and disrupt, continued disruption there. Uh, but, but if I could really, I think what the hot button thing is right now is while automation and AI is still a big, big thing out there and how that's going to shift the industry in the next like five years, like marketing. Marketing is one of those areas that it feels like the staffing industry is always behind in, in some form or fashion, Jack on something, right? And uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so, but honestly, I think the industry has been behind a long time when it comes to marketing and they're now starting to get that awareness uh, of how marketing can impact and truly be connected. Like marketing and sales are connected. And if we believe they're connected and we can show the right ROI for the right types of activities, we're going to see the results. So me and my little tiny business and my tiny little practice, it took six months of marketing effort for my marketing machine to start seeing the results I want. Mm-hmm. I'm getting more prospect calls. I'm getting more 90s. I'm getting more clients. And it's all attributed to all that upfront daily grind activity work to produce the right results I want on the back end. So it's been helpful for me. It works for staffing organizations. They have to be willing to stick with it. But the industry, so marketing has become more important. But automation, I think, and, and I'm not sure where you guys fall on the automation play, but, but it's, it's really, if, if we're not doing these four things, focusing on our talent acquisition, our talent retention, our client acquisition, our client retention, if we're not leveraging marketing to do one of those four things, we're doing it wrong. And I'm not a marketing expert, but I believe that we care about the client and candidate engagement and experience, and marketing helps with all of that. So how can we do more take more off of our recruiters plates, the little things, 
right? From a touch point perspective, how can we leverage automation and engagement tools to do those little things so that the recruiters and the salespeople can do more value add, fill the more orders, put the right people in the right seats, right? And, and, and also, right, are we talking to the right clients and having those meaningful meetings like I'm doing in my own little practice? So I think you'll see a shift from that perspective, right? There's going to be more here fishes and senses that pop up in the industry. It's oh, yeah. coming, right? It's coming. And, and so that's how I see, you know, technology is one thing, but if I could relate this back to marketing again, I think, I think that's going to be a big player in the next like five years or so. Oh, thanks, Eric. And, um, you know, obviously, right, the role of marketing is we think of lead gen, but really the role of marketing is service experience for clients, for candidates. It's supporting the rest of the organization. And automation does the same thing. It's really how do I help my people spend more time on meaningful activities? The way you said it was perfect. All right. One last thing for me. Um, Blueprint Vision Group, that 90 meeting, which is the kickoff to learn about EOS. How can people reach you? Yeah, thanks so much. Um, LinkedIn, great place. Uh, my website is blueprintvisiongroup.com. Uh, they can email me at Derek at blueprintvisiongroup.com. One of those three ways, the easiest way to get a hold of me and uh, set up some time to talk. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. I enjoyed this thoroughly. Me too. Likewise. Thank you again so much for the time. I had a ton of fun today. Thank you. Me too. Thank you so much. Okay, Vicki, I think this topic today was really up your alley. Um, what did you think of today's conversation? Well, I love hearing from Derek and his excitement about EOS. Um, I happen to be just as excited about EOS and what it's doing for our business. So it was really great to see somebody else that has that, that shares that, I guess. Um, and just, you know, EOS being a way to manage human energy in a business, I thought that was ex- exceptional. It works for me. That's exactly what we're trying to accomplish. So one of the things we, we didn't get that far into is like some of the logistics of EOS. And since we're implementing it, we can kind of build on today's uh, podcast. So you're our integrator. So that's the role of really making sure everything gets done. So I just want to know, what's your opinion? Like why do staffing companies need an operating system like EOS or scaling up from the integrator's view? Well, I'd I'd say to get your entire team rowing in the same direction, everybody knowing what the vision is, what the goals are, what the plan is for the next quarter with three months, the year, the tenure, what are those goals? What is that clear vision of where we're trying to go and what we're trying to accomplish and how the people and the process all flow into that? I think that's really what it's about. It's, it's an operating system, just like you'd have in a computer, but you have it for your company, and it just makes everything work well together. And without that, you're kind of flounder. Yeah, it's sort of amazing. Like, as a business owner, there's so many things that you sort of take for granted, like how well they're working or that people know things, and then you hand it off and you get really frustrated because it's not done the way you would want it done. And it feels like EOS is forcing the discipline into process, into people, to do things the way they should be done to buy the business owners a little bit of peace of mind and freedom. Yeah, that's true. Well, what comes to mind for me when you said that was that I think there's a saying that you have to tell people seven times to hear something. Well, at least this helps us tell people seven times. So they finally will see, you know, this is our vision. This is our core culture. This is where we're headed and why we're headed there. And I think that's why it's really important for our team and for our staffing companies team to really be on board and, 
and head for those goals. So David, what, what it, from a visionary seat, why do you think EOS or scaling up matter? It allows you to actually work on your business. So, you know, one of the things that every business owner laments is they get so caught up being in the trenches that it's hard to really get above it to think about running the business better. And by having a seat with just having a seat with the title of visionary and reminding yourself that's your responsibility as an owner is to think about the future, to think about the strategic relationships, to think about where the business is going, and then to have your own quarterly rocks, your own annual goals, your three-year and 10-year objectives that keep you focused on where you want to go. I think that's essential to any visionary leader who wants to actually be focused on the future. It's so easy to get caught up in the day-to-day. -day. In fact, I was just lamenting to you, you know, how much I'm getting caught up into day-to-day -day things that are distracting me from the big picture stuff, but coming back to EOS and thinking about, well, how do you elevate and delegate? So how do you elevate people up and delegate tasks so that you can spend the time doing the things that the business needs? So I think to me, that's the most important stuff. Um, one final question, to sort of wrap it up. I, I know you love to learn and I'm hoping maybe besides calling Derek for EOS in, information, any other resources you can recommend to people who want to learn more about it? Yeah, I'd say, you know, first, before you call Derek, maybe pick up the book Traction by Gino Wickman. It's W-I-C-K-M-A-N um, and Rocket Fuel. And then there's another one that we shared with our team that I think was helpful. It's a little uh, more tactical, I guess, was Get a Grip. So those three books, they're all by Gina Wickman. But then as soon as you do that, then you need to hire a facilitator because self-implementation is a thing and it's, you can do it, but you'll probably be more successful if you have a facilitator and that's where Derek comes into play. Awesome. Thanks. Well, I hope uh, everybody enjoyed today's podcast and we'll see you on the next episode of Secrets of Staffing Success. Thanks.